Hi everyone, welcome to episode 19 of Did You Watch The Race? Hi, I'm Colm. I've been watching F1 for four years. I'm Jason and I've been watching F1 for 15 years. I'm producer and social media manager Gemma and I've also been watching F1 for four years. This week we'll be reviewing the British Grand Prix, which features wheel-to-wheel action, high tempers and celebrity sightings. And we'll also be discussing F1 news and rumours. Before we head into the race, we're going to start up with that, with the breaking news out of Alpha Tower today, that... Nick DeVries is getting replaced with Daniel Ricciardo from the next race. Effective immediately. So, yeah. That is a bit mad. It's, it is, but like the stories I was reading this morning, because obviously the, the rumours really heated up this morning. Everything I was reading is yeah. like, oh, they've been saying this for the last six years. They're just, or they've been saying this for the last... <laughs> yeah. Nick DeVries can be replaced <laughs> in six years yeah. by Danny Rick. They've been saying this for the last six months basically and he hasn't been replaced. They'll at least wait till the summer break, whatever. But nope, they're just going straight in there, no kissing. And he's gone. Yeah, he's enough. done 10 races and he's out. Jeez, that was some flyby mm. visit from him. <laughs> yeah. Good for Danny, obviously. Sort Good of. Good for... I think he obviously wishes he'd be in a, in a better car, but the circumstances he's found himself in, I think he's done pretty well. My reading of it and some of the articles I've read as well have kind of echoed this, is that this is just good for Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. Um, for a multitude of reasons. So the first one, obviously, DeVries is just not cutting it in that car and yep. he's not a Red Bull junior. They have no affinity or they've no affinity to him and nor should they. And yeah, he, he is They don't want to be making because obviously they have Perez as well now, so they obviously don't want to be making a habit out of taking drivers not from their academy. Yeah, look, Red Bull have brought a lot of talent in and out of the sport and they know when somebody is progressing and somebody's not. Look, the age he's at as well, the, he has a wealth of experience before coming into the sport, so I don't think he should be getting the same treatment as, say, the like Mick Schumacher well, got with two seasons. Yeah, exactly. Brendan Hartley going back, you know, years. The Red Bull have been cutthroat, but relatively reasonable. I think this is their first kind of really big thing in a little while. In a little while, yeah. It's not like it's not like we forget <laughs> about uh, Gasly and Albon yeah. halfway through a season either. But yeah, I think they've made the right choices anyway. So, so is far. that your opinion, Jason? That Because I've heard, obviously, everyone online has been talking about how unfair it is to not even give DeVries the full season as he's a rookie, but yeah, you think the circumstances are different because he's a slightly older, more experienced driver. Yeah, so this is where, as well, it comes back to what Red Bull want. So I don't think this would have happened as quickly if it wasn't for Perez being as slow as he is right now. Mm. Yeah, That basically Red Bull have a driver in the... Uh, they have a known driver waiting in the wings to go into a race and they're looking at next year saying, well, obviously Max is right. Max is there. Max is probably the only seat more secure than Stroll on the grid at the moment. <laughs> so... Max is there for the next five years, etc. or whatever. You have Perez who they can put up with, but if the other teams start catching up or if that car isn't just as solid as it was this year, say next year, then he starts causing them problems in the constructors. They have Yuki who was very fast out the gates in 2021, then was comfortably beaten by Gasly last year and is now comfortably beating DeVries who they don't seem to rate at all so putting Ricardo into that seat now either gives them it gives them three options it gives them Perez picks things up and can stay there next year Tsunoda shows that he's a better driver than that car is and Ricardo struggles against him or Ricardo races well and can slot back into that team you know so it it really is a no-brainer from their point of view yeah uh, I think it also gives them a lot of information whether exactly the, yeah the Alpha Tauri is shit or not basically yeah and I think the reason for doing it now as well Partly, probably could be down to the first race after the summer break being the Dutch Grand Prix. So if they do it now, 
they're doing it for Hungary and Spa. It's kind of not that bad. If they cut him before his home Grand Prix, that's a bit... I never thought about that. Yeah, now I'm sure that did factor it. Actually... You know, it's Red Bull. I don't. No, know, that full. No, that fully makes sense from a PR from a PR perspective. Cutting. I think I heard rumors that Helmut Marco that was his original plan, and he was adamant on it. And Christian Horn had to walk him back. What Helmut um, Marco making the a summer break? No, I'm just taking. Boxy. <laughs> no, that's totally true. That that would be way more brutal if they cut him, uh, before just before his home race. That makes total sense to me. Yeah, and it's another two races to get Ricardo into the car as mm. well. So, and they're both tracks he's pretty strong at too, and they'll know that. Apparently, part of the reason was down to Ricardo's times today. In the so we're recording this on Tuesday the eleventh, that he was very fast in the Pirelli tire test today. Oh, so that's and the that, other deal. That was kind of the final. Mm. Yeah, let's do it. Was he in the Red Bull or the Alpha Tauri, or does he make in the Red Bull? He was in the RB nineteen. So they're probably also wanting to light a fire under Perez's arse as well. Yeah. Because so. he's been a bit sluggish the past couple of races. The past five qualifyings now. Yeah. Consistently Yeah, bad. so... Some of, them, some of them have genuinely been bad luck. But he probably should have gotten lapping already at that stage because obviously it's not... Oh, much how much can is you it? blame on bad luck? Like, that's... Is it bad luck when it's five races in a row? Mm. Eh. Tell me about it, Leclerc. <laughs> that's different. But, yeah, that's bad luck. Yeah, so from Hungary on, we're going to have Ricardo back on the grid. And look, I've mentioned it multiple times in this podcast. I don't think Therese is quick enough for F1. Mm. And I think it's only going to get worse as the season progresses. You know, Some people are making the argument it's like getting slightly closer back to Yuki. No, no. But no way. Look, I, I still don't think that's enough for... You know, given he is, he's a couple of years older than Max and Charles, eh? you know, yeah. so factoring in age, factoring in his experience, he's already a world champion. He's won F2 previously, everything, you know, I just don't think. Did he win FE as well? Yeah, that's that's world champion in FE. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he has a high enough ceiling and that's what they've just kind of decided. And it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it was a matter of when, not if, really, if mm. we're thinking about it, so. Yeah, look, I, I hope he's uh, accepting the news well. But, and I've read back through as well, like Red Bull, as much as they get a lot of stick for this, there's two things I'd say about Red Bull. Almost half the grid are red, ex-Red Bull drivers. So they do a tremendous yeah. amount for talent in the sport. And secondly, they do look after their drivers quite well. Even if they leave F1, they still look after them relatively well. Mm. They'll get them into other series. They'll keep sponsorship with them. You know, it's, Find them on their seats as well. Just look at album. Exactly, yeah. And now, look, this might not happen with De Vries, considering he's only in the Red Bull Academy for the last year or so. But I would, wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, they get him into a WEC seat or some other capacity of a seat and give him a bit of sponsorship as well. So, then with that out of the way, on to this week's race. Did you watch the race? No, not live again. <laughs> Column? Uh, I didn't watch it live. I was, I was still coming home oh yeah, um, yeah but i did watch it i watched so it did I. replay jason did you watch the race i did watch the race yeah i've heard mixed or i've seen mixed reviews of it i thought it was a really good race i thought it was uh i thought it was very for the boring. first half yeah i agree um Colin. for the for, for the first 40 laps the first five laps good and then up until lap like 40 it was like just like a parade. maybe we're just so damaged now that i was looking at it being like oh like max is only five six seconds ahead of Lando, this is a good race. This is close. Mm. 
Well, I think I was very happy with McLaren. It's great to see them like mm. showing force now. Obviously, the last race, Nando had or Lando had the upgrades, so he'd done a good job. And this race, you could really see Piastri like performing. Yeah, I think um, I sent it to you in the uh, at the time, but yeah, Piastri is a world champion in the making. Just looking at him, the level of maturity he drove it at the weekend was. I haven't seen it in a rookie in a long, long time. Obviously, Max yeah. came in and was very He's fast. unlucky not to get a podium. Very unlucky not to get a podium, yeah. But like when you look at, going back to kind of the, the peak drivers over the last few years, you know, Max was very, very fast when he came in, but was liable to the odd mess up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leclerc was... The old tantrum as well. Yeah, exactly. Leclerc was fast, but in a slower car, and still, same as that, kind of liable to the odd, odd mistake. When you look at Piastri when he was barreling down on Max in lap one there, you know, he never looked like he was going to just sling the car somewhere. You know, the, he just constantly looked like, he looked like he'd been racing Max for years mm. side by side, you know, yeah. and... Also, I didn't hear him too much on the radio. Like, Lando obviously had a few complaints here and there um, talking back to his engineer, but I didn't hear anything out of Piastri. I don't know if that's because they weren't broadcasting it or if that was No, there. there was very little. I think even they mentioned it during the broadcast that Piastri is pretty calm collected he's just driving away just just yeah from from the level of experience he has from having a, a year out <clears throat> from being a year out as well obviously that affects him kind of race craft wise i thought it was the standout performance from a rookie we've seen in maybe five years oh yeah he's actually brilliant i actually don't know if i have any more comments on piastri because he was so consistent do you know <laughs> what i mean it was like he did n- no, in some ways nothing remarkable because there was no massive overtakes whatever he just stayed in his lane well I think yeah. like he stayed in his lane he he defended his position and he was consistent in his performance so it was like in in it sounds like a weird critique but like I have no comments because he was just he was <laughs> yeah. reliable <laughs> yeah at a certain point at a certain point he was kind of off in the race by himself and then he was following Hamilton for a lot of those um, with like kind of a hope of catching him. Um, what do we think about... I was just on, on Piastri. He obviously up till the safety car and he had pitted a couple of laps before Lando, but he was never really even much more than kind of four seconds outside of Lando, which could easily just backing off kind of to protect the car a little bit and ease him back up again. You know, and Lando is a very fast driver and Piastri is keeping up with him like that in his first year. I like Lando. But I get, I, I'm slightly concerned of him that he might become the next journeyman, the next kind of Daniel Ricciardo, Mark Webber sort of will pop up and win races, Leclerc. but will never, mm. well, Leclerc at the moment, yeah, will never put enough together to get a championship through maybe no fault of his own as in reliability, not just being in the right car at the right time, that sort of thing. I just struggle to yeah. see where he fits in in the future that would get him a championship it's hard to see him going to a team that will have a good car in the future. Like, I don't know where yeah. he would... Yeah, exactly what you're saying. I don't see where he would slot in, in yeah. the future other than, like, staying at McLaren. But obviously... Like, I Don't get me wrong, but they might, in a couple of years, have a fantastic car, but it just doesn't seem like it at the minute. So it's hard to see him move and get that opportunity with all the drivers that are on the grid at the minute. His trajectory yeah. is unclear. Exactly, yeah. And I... <sighs> He has pace. I think he's missing that just last little bit. And I think that's that's that might become evident, if not this year, maybe next year, with Piastri starting to grow into the sport, that he is just 
Piastri like China next year. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he's running risk of that. Now Lando at the weekend said having Piastri as a teammate is great. It's pushing him on and it's given him something to grow off and he thinks that Piastri is learning from him, which I'm sure he is. But yeah, I think that'll be a very, very interesting fight now that McLaren are a little bit improved. When it got really interesting, Colm, you'll probably agree if we're on the same wavelength in terms of how interesting the race was was when Magnussen, I think he just lost power and um, the safety car came Went out. on fire. Oh, yeah. That was it. For the second time this second weekend. Well, time. he didn't go on fire He was on so Saturday. calm as well. Oh, sure. Look, he's probably just fed up. Probably doesn't give a shit. I suppose coming out, he's probably reminded of Grosjean. It's like, this is not nearly half <laughs> yeah. as bad as that. <laughs> this is grand. The car is still in one piece. But obviously the safety car came out and then bunched up the grid. And I think that's what made it really interesting. So... That was a great opportunity then for Hamilton to really put the pressure on um, Lando for whatever was the last 15, 20 laps. Yeah, give or take, I think, mm. if even. Oh, I think it was like 14. Yeah, I think there were they had 14 laps left whenever the safety car went. And he really, he was fighting tooth and nail to get that P2, but he just, fair play to Lando, he was not conceding it. Yeah, what I meant to ask was, what do we think about McLaren putting on the hard tyres instead of the softs? Oh. Like, uh, I think Bernie Collins was mentioning that they were having a harder time with the tire wear and stuff, which makes a lot of sense why they put on the hards. But at the same time, the data didn't show good for hards. So I was wondering what mm. you thought about that because I'm a bit confused as to whether I think it was a good idea or a bad idea. Obviously, it worked out in the end, so fine. But I think Lando said even after it, he would have preferred the softs anyway. So I just wonder what you thought. Well, I mean, the driver is always going to prefer the softer tire. <laughs> you know, Soft go fast. Yeah, in his head that's how he sees it but he's yeah. not seeing the entire analysis you know they're constantly running lap by lap in a race they're running re- they're running simulations on gaps pit stop wise tired egg everything like that and they would have had the information from earlier in the week and i think that's what a lot of the, the commentators were saying that they seen the high egg on the softs and were concerned about it i think it was possibly the right decision and Mm. In fairness, yeah, like because they managed to. No, yeah, the the way it yes, showed it probably was, it was yeah, yeah, um, and Hamilton fell off like at the end. He said he yeah. lost the rears. Mm. There's a lot of graining, so obviously that would have been an issue. But I wonder w- would they have had to fight as much? I suppose then Lando obviously would have fallen off as well. So yeah, I suppose maybe it might have been a good decision. Mm. I think it was a it was a good decision, yeah, uh, because of the outcome. But decisions are often you know judged on their outcomes, I guess. Mm. But. It's like, would you do that again if you had to go through it again? I think they would because looking at the pace Norris had, it, him being able to hold Hamilton off for one to two laps meant he had him guaranteed for the rest of that. If he had been on softs, they could have digged. And it see, this is the other thing as well. We don't know what Hamilton would have done if he had seen Norris on softs. So he would have Piastri behind him on hards, Norris in front of him on softs. Hamilton lets his tyre come in slightly and then attacks in the last five laps after Norris has been hairing up the road either after Verstappen or you know trying to exactly yes yeah. so it's a constantly yeah. developing situation and I think given what McLaren knew at the time the hards I can definitely see why they went for them and look it clearly worked out for them yeah fair enough there was yeah a handful of big winners through throughout the safety car really I suppose the top three all got their pit stop under it mm. Alonso really helped his race as well and Albon so that was kind of after that there was kind of a little bit of hold stationary towards the end. We obviously had that great fight with Norris and Hamilton, but yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, and then after that, I suppose we can kick off our team reviews with Ferrari. <laughs> and yeah, 
Where do we begin? Snatching P9, P10 from the jaws of a P5, P6. They just kind of reverted. Okay, <laughs> of that yeah, I was like, I have no, no further comments. <laughs> they just kind of reverted yeah. a bit to themselves. They were so cautious on their strategy. Like they pitted so early. They did. They pitted before. Yeah, they pitted before Russell did, and they started on mediums. Mm. And Russell started on softs. Like, uh, yeah, there was a lot of mad. arguments, um, or there seemed to be a lot of arguments. Is a wrong word. There seems to be a lot of frustration, particularly from Sainz's side. Uh, according to the team radios, he seemed to be very frustrated that he wasn't either being allowed to race Charles or he had to concede to Charles. I can't remember, but... He wasn't even given the opportunity, yeah. I don't think. Um, I think he asked at one point because he was showing he was faster. But again, it's hard to know if Charles is just biting his yeah. tongue and stuff. Mm. And I think drivers say all whatever they can to yeah. get ahead. He just seemed particularly but, um, agitated. Did, yeah. Yeah, and then... I, I assumed there was an issue with the car that when he got overtaken by four cars in one turn after yeah, the safety geez. car. It para- no, sorry, it was three. It was no, it was the wheels. I think it was the tyres he had. He um, was on the hards, he yeah. Really gone through that, he, he shouldn't have really gone through them, as in it was... I'm pretty sure he said it on the radio that, well, I suppose, yeah, he, maybe if you should know whatever. He could, no, yeah, I suppose he, he'll say he could overcook them, but, you know, as in he was on the hards, they weren't that old, they were five odd laps older than the safety car pit stoppers so I think at one point during the break or during the safety car they had asked him do you want to come in for um, he's obviously Leclerc or whatever Mm. yeah and he I think he was saying the tyres aren't fantastic but if you want to keep track position he's like you can make the decision Um, and then Mm. never came in so but yeah because I was fully expecting him to just keep slowing up and go to the side of the road but no it was just he got mugged once, twice, mm. thrice. By a Williams, no less. By a Williams as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair play Albon. He's really shown really good stuff this year. Yeah, season. Williams overall had great pace. Wow. Finally, like the Logan Sargent fan club are getting some vindication. <laughs> it was like, come on. I said Albon, just to be clear. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's, it's the first big, race. I'm a Sargent supporter. And it's the first race this season. I think he's shown a bit of something. I don't know yeah a real a real fire a real fight I think or like almost like a belief I think he's yeah. always had that fight but maybe it's a belief in the car that he has this year he can push a little bit further and um, yes. you talking about Albon oh, oh I was man, talking good. about I was like, uh, yeah I thought you were talking about Sergeant I was like what race were you watching because I didn't <laughs> no, see no sorry I was talking about Albon uh, I, I suppose both are a bit interchangeable but I think it's also like he doesn't have Helmet Marco Threatening to swap him out. Threatening to scalp him. That probably does a good bit for your comfort, yeah. Yeah, yeah look, he, he seems to have kind of matured and grown into that team. And they seem absolutely delighted with him as well. Like, obviously, Button in commentary was talking about him. Like, Button being involved in the Williams setup. That, that, that everyone in the factory loves him. He's really easy to work with. And that they see him as kind of their driver now for the next few years. Mm. And... I think it's a great place for him. I think he's doing and really it's a great well. place for Williams as well. He's he's somebody great to have. Where they're after getting kind of their investment back in now, and they're looking to kind of start making a push on. So having one consistent good driver, and then your sergeants, your whoever's kind of in alongside him, will really I could see them improving over the next few years as the cost cap starts to kind of bite into teams. You know, mm, yeah. but sergeant, yeah, just to give him a nod as well I think he ran he ran a good race he finished ahead of a lot of cars on merit mm. which you know and he did great in qualifying training. as well great qualifying as well and he was one of the drivers to get kind of 
slightly mugged by the oh safety God, car. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's a really solid weekend for him to start kicking on. And obviously the upgrades helping there in Williams as well. So yeah, just touching it, I forgot to say, qualifying was absolutely Oh yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was a very enjoyable qualifying and session. Completely opposite to the race. <laughs> yeah, obviously qualifying, Perez being the major story out of that. This is five in a row now. He hasn't made Q2. Or sorry, he hasn't made hasn't, Q3. Yeah. But yeah, didn't even make Q2 this week. So... That was bloody... Like literally, that was... He was in P1 and then every single car who started their hot lap after him for the last lap in Q1 just... Yeah, I think obviously the track the was track drying, was drying, but Albon still. and Sargent both completed their laps very quickly after him. So yeah, mm. as in yeah, tra- yeah, track development was absolutely enormous during qualifying. We will give him that, but I would say Albon and Sargent were within ten to fifteen seconds. They were the next car on the road across the line, basically. Like so, what I don't understand is that Perez finished. I don't know why he didn't go for another hot lap right after that. Because you've like, taken the most out of the tyres, first of all, but mm. you've taken basically everything out of the battery. Oh, yeah. They they right, use yeah. effectively the entire battery on that, on a qualifying lap. And yeah, you're, you could, and you'll see them doing it when they're on intermediate sometimes, but you're you're sacrificing too much. You're, you're never going to basically improve on that. That's why they'll do a lap, cool down lap, if they have to, if the if tyre wear is Apparently, massive. Yeah. Yeah, like he he never would have improved going again straight away after on a especially on a circle like Silverstone with the with the big acceleration zones. That's where the battery can really kick in. Like, but he literally dropped like thirteen, fourteen places within a matter of within a minute or two minutes. Like that's crazy. Oh, he had to have dropped at least fifteen. Yes, to yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> so, maths. Um, well, yeah, that's yeah, and then. God. What about the race then as well for Perez? If I say one more week, Perez had a great performance going from the back of the grid to the front of the grid. I'm not doing it anymore, guys. I've decided. (laughs) I'm I'm done defending this behaviour. In fairness, I quite find it enjoyable to watch. But of all of the back of the grid to front drives, it didn't even seem that enjoyable. Usually you'll see a couple of Hail Marys, but I, I didn't see that much out of him. Yeah, I think everyone's kind of like, fuck it, I don't care. You're going to pass me at any way, just go. But I just, there, there's such a difference. Even like, as in Silverstone is a, is a relatively easy track to overtake at. When you had, say, Bottas starting at the rear in his Mercedes days, he was still guaranteed a podium. If Hamilton or Verstappen are starting in the rear in again in either their heydays, they are making the podium. There's just, there's very little excuse mm. in the carries in to not even be making top five. I know he was sixth, but I'm still saying top five. And this is in a race with a safety car as well. Now, he was affected by the safety car. That might have slowed him up a bit, I suppose, too. But Was he affected by the safety car? He had pitted five laps earlier right. in the safety car, yeah. So, that I suppose, in fairness, yeah, that might have cost him maybe a place or two. But I didn't see him catching up to the McLarens even anyway, so... Mm-hmm. It's not even enjoyable yeah. to watch as a fan because it's not a back-of-the-grid team. You don't have the underdog kind of backing behind you it's just this is a rebel that's you know really should be at the front by now like there's no there's nothing at stake as like a viewer either so yeah it's not you don't care realistically if he's starting if he was starting on second on the grid everyone would be complaining even more because they're like oh yeah max one Perez two and then a third place and no one would be happy at least there's two other spaces on the podium Mm. I don't know. It's like 
look, I just don't think, I, I think looking at him on Sunday, it seemed a bit as well where he didn't want to be, to get into any instance and he was, that's what he was kind of slow climbing up through. Yeah, he was taking very, fairly handy playing yeah. his wave. Did he pass Alonso it? I think in the last couple of laps. He did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at least he's still second in the championship. Yeah, he is still second and he, yeah, he's doing enough. I think it's the, the optics are worse than his results, but Red Bull will know as in if they're, you know, they lost, say, the, the 2021 Constructors' Championship off the basis of not having a stronger driver pairing as Mercedes and Mercedes. So yeah. And I think that that will weigh in their head going forward. And they, you know, mm. 2021, they were really just pushing for that driver's title. But now that they've got that, yeah. they want to get as many constructors again as they Both. can. Yeah. So. Fair enough. Checo did more than enough last year. And he was, you know, he, he performed well last year. But this year he is not doing enough. You know, he's in a scrap for second place in, in the in the constructors, you know, so. Mm-hmm. What's it between them? There's like 20 points between them, isn't it? I'll look it up now. And in fairness, Max is carrying the team. I don't think they're, I don't think they're too worried about him not coming second and losing the constructions. No, no, like this year, absolutely not. But I'm saying in, for yeah, next in a year, year where they're not. One dr- one car streak. Yeah, but Ricardo's going to be in that seat next year. So what does it matter? And I interject with the fact that um, I was told to quote my source, Michael Heslin. Shout out to longtime listener. Uh, he said that apparently, if Max doesn't win any of the remaining races in the twenty twenty three season, he will still be unbeaten for the world title. So he could come second in every single race from now on and he would still he's still so far ahead that he's basically guaranteed the world title for this year which is yeah. mad he's 99 points ahead yeah so basically on you're not going to be able to catch up with him unless he for some reason I don't even know I can't even think about a logical reason as to why he would start further back than P3 there's more between first and second than there is between second and seventh no really yeah wow yeah. I could see that wow. very easily, yeah. Like, Max is absolutely throttling ahead. Like, he's so far ahead, it's ridiculous. But, yeah, so between um, Checo and Hamilton in fourth, there is 35 points. And pff, I I could see any of them finishing P2. Oh, yeah. Alonso the funny is thing third. is, the, o- the only one that is important to would be Checo. <laughs> you know, <laughs> neither mm. Alonso nor Hamilton will be writing home about a second at the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, I've done the calculation. I think if McLaren win, or not win, sorry, if McLaren come second and third from every race now on, they might have a chance of coming second in the constructors. Oh boy. It's very, very, very Is that Brian? Yeah, Did like, you hear that? It's, like, it's been close in that midfield. So none of the, usually you'll see, you know, the second team will be fairly far. Like Ferrari last year were quite far ahead and close up with Red Bull. Whereas this year, again, you have Mercedes on 2 or 3, Aston Martin on one eight one, and Ferrari on one five seven. Any of them could be picking up large amounts of points on any given weekend. So if McLaren are jumping into that mix as well, that's going to be very interesting. And Alpine still are tipping about, so we could very easily have kind of a five-car, five-team They're battle. in the league of their yeah, own. Still. <laughs> yeah. And McLaren literally just leapfrogged them. And I think they've leapfrogged uh, pretty much the entire uh, bottom end of the field, yeah. Yeah, but also I think they've kind of replaced... Um, Aston Martin at the stage 
I know it's only been two races. No, I will always get way yeah, ahead of myself that far. But like Alonso's been like nowhere for the past. But, but yeah, but we've been on two tracks that suit McLaren and have suited McLaren for a few years, and two tracks ah, okay. that would be very much not in Aston Martin's wheelhouse. So I think Hungary, we'll see Aston Martin really come back at everyone. It'll suit their car a lot better, and it even just suits Alonso's driving style a lot better. But I suppose onto the subject of Aston Martin, yeah. Um, an all right weekend out of them. I think they were never targeting this as a big race. It, it wasn't. Enough. I thought it was not a good race for them. But I think for sorry, after what you just said, maybe it makes yeah. It sorry, more sense. as in, but in my perspective, yeah, it looked very poor. Yeah, looking at the, looking at it in the grand scheme of things, compared to their other results, I think looking at it in isolation, it's not a track they're strong at, and they still managed to pick up a handful of points with Alonso through a little bit of fortune and a lot of good driving from him you know he was mm-hmm. good good defense and yeah i don't think they were ever targeted much more out of this i know that claim from alonso what was it before canada saying that they'll be on the podium every, every, <laughs> every race yeah that's obviously gone up in smithereens but yeah and i think we're about uh, starting to see as well what i think i've touched on previously that teams can't just learn how to suddenly develop mid-season a team like Aston Martin that traditionally being racing point and Force India etc before never would have done a huge pile of development during the season it's not just a case of throwing money at that and then they can do it it's that that's a cultural thing that's a skill in and of itself you look at you know football teams it's kind of peaking at the right time in the year that kind of stuff you know Man City say for example it's usually after Christmas they just steamroll everything and win everything it's Let's not get into another sports here, Jason. Me and Jan yeah. don't know what's going on there. That's okay, not in our wheelhouse, Jason. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I think <laughs> that we're, we're starting to see that effect out of them as well, that they can't just turn it on and dish out the upgrades, as well as the like of, you know, Mercedes, Red Bull, even to a degree Ferrari can, because they've been doing it since they've been in the sport, effectively, to stay competitive at the top. That's what you need. Mm. And... Yeah, so they might fall foul of that this year, but then they'll improve on that for next year. So again, look, I think this is just a massive development here for Aston Martin anyway. Overall, being at the thick end of the action week in, week out will progress the team so much more and just give so much hope for next year as well. So I think... Get a fair bit of money as well. Yeah, exactly. I think they'll be happy enough. The other, yeah, team lost at the moment. Yeah, kind of Alpine. So... Bad time. Again... They're fast. They're just... They're, I don't even know. Getting into scripts. Yeah. Making mistakes. That incident between Gazi and Stroll was very strange. I haven't seen a car yeah, that was break so weird. like that. Just kind of... It, it looked like a very innocuous... Like the way he was driving away from it, I assumed it was a puncture. Which you could kind of understand, you know, a bit of flying carbon. But yeah, it just shattered the rear suspension. So now... What I was thinking about on this was that I think was it in Canada that Lando was noting that their rear wing is very bouncy. Do you know there's been a couple of comments made about their car oh, yeah. about kind of it was yeah, sort of flimsiness. Mad. I wonder are they on the cusp of the weight limit and they are pulling everything they can out of that car Ooh, to be able to do that. So running lighter, you know, rear wishbones, drive shafts, that kind of stuff on the rear end, just. <laughs> basically squeeze it so you know like them kind of the incidents happens with cars all the time and you you seldom see them just break like that so yeah, that's my theory true. that they are and it's obviously not paying off jason if both are dnf yeah <laughs> 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 
Well, you never know. They could be in like a much worse position if they had a heavier car. Like they could be down with the back of the rest exactly. of the Exactly. So it could mm. be working for them to a certain degree. Yeah, <laughs> and this might be down to them being under pressure from their CEO being like, we need results. And, you know, when they're in quality, this would, that would obviously help. But yeah, it just leaves them a little bit vulnerable in the races. Uh, they'll be happy enough to get away from what is their net home race as well. And in Tungri where they've won before recently so yeah yeah that's very true can we touch on a second just did you see that online um about gasly making that snide comment to signs in the post-race interviews no no so um i don't know if he said it in english or italian but um signs was doing an interview and then uh, as gasly's walking behind him he kind of like like nudges him or whatever it gives him a bit of a like hard nudge and then says something about you didn't leave me any space man or something like that kind of aggressively do you mean in french no no no. he didn't say it in french um i think it, well i think it was it must have been italian because i think signs was doing the interview in spanish um why would he say it in italian i don't know I suppose they both speak Italian, uh, probably. Well, Ferrari driver and Gasly was Alfa Tauri for a long time. Maybe he knows yeah. a bit of Italian. And he's French. Yeah, no, I suppose, no like, they, all the la- like, once you learn one, everyone on the continent, they know three <laughs> languages very annoyingly, unlike us. Um, but yeah, I, I actually can't remember. It was, it was hard to hear, but it was, like, dubbed over. And... Carlos just like rolled his eyes and laughed and kind of basically in so many words was a bit like oh pathetic or whatever um, yeah. but like then I was looking on Twitter before we started recording and someone was like where is the clip of this like I have not seen this so I don't really know what happened but basically he apparently squeezed Gasly out um, and he was very upset and Gasly At wasn't happy genuinely no idea when were they together? no idea like this is where I'm like has anyone else heard this like I've seen the interview and when it happened but like not the thing on track but I thought it was just like Come on, come on, you're a big boy now. You can't be doing things like this. He's just throwing a strap. So it wasn't very that fair. instant as well with Gasly and Stroll, you know, Stroll was in the wrong, got the penalty, fair enough. But Gasly had been pushing him heavily for a few laps, you know, as in throwing his weight around with him, I think. And Stroll was getting out of the way. So I don't think, as in, still, I think it's correct, Stroll got a penalty, but I don't think Stroll should be getting as much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was a stupid bit of driving and he is known for doing stuff like that. But it's a bit pot calling the kettle black from Gasly to be... Oh, no, no, this is... Like, for, for, for all you know, that could be the strategy if he knows Lance is that way. He was fine. doing this to signs, not to Stroll. No, but he was doing to Stroll as well, I'm saying. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, it is a pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So... Anyway, I just thought that was, that was a weird little tidbit from after the race. Yeah, I don't. Um, Collins on your point there. I don't. I don't know if that's something. Dry, like, would you do that at two hundred mile an hour? I. Sorry, obviously you didn't want to get knocked. Yeah, out but that's. But like, but I feel like, like, th- but like, that's exactly what Max was doing in twenty twenty one. Like, but he was doing it under the assumption he was, that he knew Hamilton wouldn't hit him. Whereas, if you're doing it under the assumption yeah, that you're goading yeah. somebody to hit you. <laughs> sorry, not not. I didn't mean he's goading. Oh, him okay, him, sorry. But like goading him into it, reacting. Strain or like getting frustrated and acting out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Giving him an opportunity to get through. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not a driver. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but I think our transitions are working well tonight. Speaking of Hamilton, yeah. Mercedes with a pretty solid weekend. Yes. Where did Russell Cons- come? Yeah. P5? Russell was P5, yeah. Considering they were probably fourth-ish fastest car, I would, I would have thought the Ferraris were faster yeah. than them. Especially... 
Russell got a bit lucky, to be honest, with the safety yeah, car. Definitely. Yeah, he did. And did a great job nursing the soft tyres. All right, Sorry, good Nicole job, Nicole has boy. just done her uh, photo. That's great. Um, Ooh, yeah, Russell nursed the tyres well in that first stint. And yeah, very well Yeah, done. obviously, like you said, slight issue with the safety car. And then the opposite on Hamilton, who again, I think tyres didn't seem like a massive issue for a lot of teams this weekend. You know, you had Russell doing 28 laps on softs. On fully f- on a full fuel load in a packed grid, you know I think that's that's a fair bit around Silverstone, which is usually tough enough on its tires. Mm. But Hamilton, yeah, a little bit of fortune, but that's his fourteenth podium in Silverstone. He's been on the podium every time since twenty fourteen, every race. Mm. What? There's also the fact that um, sorry, just going back to the tires. Uh, it wasn't the Mercedes has less downforce, so. They're a bit easier on the tires. No, well, so this it's it's not a direct correlation. As in, a car oh. that's has higher downforce will grip the road better, so there'll be less sliding. But yeah, so as in, by gripping the road better, it's a little bit more abrasive on its tires. But by gripping yeah. the road better, it's also le- sliding less and slipping us up less, so they wear out less that way, and they're less likely to overheat. So fair. It's yeah, it's not a one to one high downforce, high deg, low downforce, low deg. It yeah, it, it, and it depends on the characteristics of the car, everything. There's a there's a lot that goes into that equation, really. But oh, imagine, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I understand <laughs> any of it. Shocking, I know. Yeah, but what was I going to say? Hamilton on the podium. Sorry. Uh, oh I yeah, no. that point. Uh, yeah, fourteen fourteen podium in Silverstone in what he's in his seventeenth season, fifty sixth year, I think. <laughs> I start in 07 this is the 23 season so 4, 5, 6 yeah this is his 17th season that's an, that's impressive honestly I have to respect that the uh, home track buff really probably just knows it so well <laughs> yeah yeah and I like it was cringy in his post race interview where he was like oh I could hear you in the car but I think he genuinely can oh man he yeah, does, yeah, he yeah. does feed on so oh yeah he's cringy all the time yeah yeah He's so mad. No, I was so... gonna say he like lo- he really hams up the Brit when oh, he he's does, in Silverstone. Yeah. Like it's chronic. Oh, so yeah, I just meant in his manner of like like that's a very American thing to be like. Mm-hmm. You guys, you guys it's are just kind of give me spirit. <laughs> White Goodman, there's good energy in the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah, it's cringy, but look, if it works for him, works for him, I suppose. But yeah, really good race for him to keep that streak going as much as that else I suppose I also enjoyed all of the marketing material that came out uh, on TikTok last week interviewing uh, Roscoe that will never yeah. get old in my eyes like hold a microphone up to Roscoe oh, Hamilton a million times over and I'll watch it I just I love it uh, we actually didn't really talk about Max at all do we need to let's not <laughs> All we're going to say is that he he looked he looked insane. He's per he 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 made very few mistakes, if any, and that again he's not using his full capacity. You can see that every time he loses fastest lap in a race, he just cranks it up a little bit more. Th- therefore, proving our theory that he's not just... driving at a hundred percent because he doesn't have to. I think teams are getting closer to him though. I I I think he is still oh, yeah, holding yeah. a little bit, but I think 
what he was easily extended to a 10 second penalty 10 second advantage at the start of the year is now becoming a five second advantage you know mm. it's teams are getting close to the point where he can't just be as blase fair about what he does well there's been a f- like the past few races have had a lot of rain and safety cars so i don't know if it's necessarily Good point uh like because like he was pulling a lot ahead of lando and then the safety car happened and then it had 14 yeah, 15 yeah. laps left and he managed to get another four or five seconds but gap, i'm saying so. even like when you look at australia when he was ahead of hamilton it was 10 second gap he spun out and went down to like whatever four or five second gap three laps later it was 10 second gap again it's not that level of yeah but again that could also be down to tracks not suiting their car yeah yeah i thought there's yeah there's plenty of factors at play i suppose and that's Red why Bull, Paris obviously is so then yeah. <laughs> Red Bull getting the joint most consecutive race wins as well as a constructor 11 yes. and pretty much guaranteed to get the 12 you'd have to think yeah I was looking actually I was interested in this that Mercedes never matched it during say 2014 to 2016 they got three streaks of 10 wins so oh they, that's how they never stop. yeah sick yeah that's actually hilarious but yeah so Red Bull just extending their winning streak and will continue to that's 22 of the last 23 now Russell being in yeah that's right Russell in Brazil being the only outlier and Paris has won one of those no no he's won two this year and that's it I think Max won basically everything at the Irish end of last season didn't he yeah he did yeah Anyway. Madness. Um, then just, yeah, to wrap out, I suppose, Haas, bit of a stinker weekend. Yeah, Magnussen, particularly bad vibes. De Vries, last in his last F1 race. Yes. Did he do anything remarkable that we can remember? He because was I can't. consistent. Gone with yeah. De Vries. Ah, oh, should we do That's a, good. I like that. Should we that. do an F pun on just De Vries? De Vries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that and then uh, finally we then we have the Alfa Romeos who continue to be the, the anonymous Romeos yeah <laughs> there's a 10th team so I think that's pretty much everyone from the race we move on to yeah. ranking it I feel like we're going to disagree here yes we are yep well, actually, just out of quick curiosity, what, at what point did you think the race was good? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no, sorry, not to absolutely slate the race, but like obviously, me and Gemma are on the same wavelength of being like it's kind of boring. The safety car was grand, and there was a good bit of battling here and there, and the Hamilton Norris was great. But other than that, it's kind of like uh, I enjoy. There? I think I was we just weren't? happy seeing Piastri cruising the third the whole time. That's why it skewed my opinion of it. Yeah, no, I thought uh, I was very happy seeing the Clarens up there. I was very yeah. happy seeing them up there, but that didn't make the race. It, it did to me, as in seeing Piastri very casually doing that. Norris really doing everything he could to get ahead. You had the Ferraris obviously arguing with each other and their pit wall about what tires to go on to the, the evolution of strategies and the evolution of the track. I just really enjoyed that. That's your know, personal preference. Was it the most exciting race I've ever watched in my life? No, but but I would say it was better than a lot that we've had this year. Oh yeah, no, I I enjoyed the race. 
I definitely enjoyed the race. I would sandwich it probably between Canada and Austria. So I have the race rankings here and our top, I'll do our top six just to give a bit of context. So we have from one to six is Austria, Spain, Monaco, Miami and Australia. Then we have Canada, Jeddah. I would have gone between Monaco and Miami maybe. Really I like think, Miami. and I think this had more of the same with a bit more drama with the safety car at the end. That's how I kind of viewed it. But so I'm saying kind of what three and a half, four. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I'd probably go between Monaco and Miami. Just reading my notes here as well. Okay. Yeah, because Monaco was, was Monaco was good. I thought, and Miami was decent. But I think Jason's right. Like if you're from mm. reading my notes here. Yeah, I think between Monaco okay, and Miami. Well, I, uh, I'm all about democracy. So let's <laughs> stick it in at number. This is our new number. Four. Four. So we have a new running order of our favorite races. So congratulations to Silverstone coming in at number four. Which is um, a little bit lower than I'd expect for it. Usually it's one of the kind of guaranteed bangers of the year. But... Mm. That'll be all from us this week, folks. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next Wednesday with our Hungarian Grand Prix review. If you've enjoyed the podcast, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It really helps if you leave us a review and make sure to tell your friends and family. We're also on Instagram at Did You Watch The Race? All one word. Be sure to check out Coley Illustrations while you're there. She does all our lovely artwork. So thank you again for that. And in exciting news, we have another event coming up. So on Sunday, the 30th of July, we'll be doing another F1 live watch party event in the Lighthouse in Dunleary, which will be watching the Spa-Francorchamps Grand Prix. Very exciting. So keep your eyes peeled on our social media for more information on that. There should be more up very, very soon. So thanks for listening. I've been Jason. I've been Gemma. I've been Colin. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Have you started uh, like when you're leaving people are saying goodbye like after a night out or at and I was like turns them be like if you've enjoyed this night out be sure to check us on Spotify. No, because neither yeah. of us are narcissists. That's very fair, yeah. I really want to start doing that though. <laughs>